Hey, Harvest. Merry Christmas. And uh, I just want to say right off the bat, this is my favorite time of year. I'm not sure if there's anyone that I know that loves Christmas Eve more than me. And what I love about Christmas Eve is that it's really the one holiday where you both get to receive gifts from the people you love and you get to give gifts to your parents and to your friends and to your kids and you share in the experience together. And that's why I think it's even better than a birthday because it's not just about you, but you get to bring joy to others. Um, Mary, my wife, is not like that. She loves her birthday. In fact, she kind of makes the entire month of March. Her birthday is March 14th. She kind of makes the entire month her birthday. So you can pray for her in that. But uh, I am similar. But when it comes to December, I don't know if you're like me, but it's like, man, as the days get closer to Christmas, I get more and more excited and probably a little less productive because I'm just getting so excited for Christmas. I don't know if I'm just a little kid still at heart, but I love this holiday. And um, I don't know what you're doing as a family to celebrate Christmas Eve. What we're going to do, what's going to happen at the Wisen home is uh, tonight we are going to get on our new Christmas PJs. That's a tradition that we do. It's weird. I'm not sure why we do it, but we do it. And then we're going to watch a Christmas movie. I think we're going to watch The Star this year. And then all of my kids, even though they're getting older, they do a sleepover in mom and dad's room on the floor in sleeping bags. And then we're going to wake up very early Christmas morning and open gifts. And I just love all of it. And uh, I'm so excited for uh, tonight to open God's word with you. And what we've been doing this month in trying to get our hearts ready for Christmas is talk about the four words of Advent, hope, love, joy. And tonight we're going to look at peace. And it's interesting, church. Tonight on Christmas Eve, what I want you to understand is even within the four words of Advent, there is something different about the word peace. In fact, it's interesting, out of the four words of Advent, only the word peace is actually a title given to the name of Jesus. Hundreds of years ago, we read in Isaiah 9, before this baby would be born, there was a prophecy made about Jesus explaining what kind of man he would be and what he would accomplish. And what we read in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 is this, is that for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then it goes even further where it says, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So, so there is this tie with Jesus and peace that it says because of Jesus, there will be no end to peace. His name is tied to peace. There's this promise that this Jesus would bring peace. And Church, it's funny, isn't it? It's wild how even thousands of years later, our hearts long for peace, don't they? Like, I don't know if you feel the same way as me, but when I see the images of war in Ukraine or when a hurricane hits Florida, there's something where it's like, man, this isn't how it's supposed to be. It's wrong, this conflict, this turmoil, this pain, this suffering. We want it to end. We want it to end on a worldwide scale. And we also want peace in our own personal lives. 
You know, it's funny, I, around this time of year, I don't know if it's the holidays, but I tend to think about my grandpa who died about 20 years ago. And, and what I was thinking about this year is it's amazing how different our world is 20 years later from the time when my grandpa lived. And, and we have come so far in technology that in many ways, I think if I could transport my grandpa to 2022, he wouldn't like understand how the world works. Things would be so different. Like we have technology that has self-driving cars now. There's technology on the internet where I can go on a website with my kids and say, hey, can you make up a story of pirate ships sailing on a distant planet? And can it involve the names of me and my kids? And can you write it like you would a Shakespeare novel? And artificial intelligence on the spot can make up a bedtime story for me to read to my kids with all of those things included. Technology is amazing. And yet we don't seem any closer to solving our lack of peace, do we? There's still war. There's still brokenness. In fact, in many ways, things seem farther away from peace maybe than ever. Friendships fall apart. There's conflict relationally. Even though our hearts long for peace, it seems so elusive Well, what I want to do right now is we set our hearts on this baby Jesus born in a manger. I want to give you four reasons why he deserves and can have the name Prince of Peace. And I want to make an argument that this peace isn't something that he hoards, but it's something he gives to his followers. So here's the first thing I want you to see, church. It's this. Jesus can be called the Prince of Peace because Jesus owns peace. And here's the best way I can explain this. I have right here um, a Christmas gift that I bought and I'm going to give this gift away. But I want you to understand something. I wanna ask this question. Right now as I speak, who owns this gift? Well, I would argue that I do, right? And why do I own this gift? I need to make it very clear. I didn't wrap this gift. It's wrapped way too nicely to be wrapped by me. I am still an adult man who every year has to go on YouTube and watch the video of Santa teaching people how to wrap. I am terrible at wrapping gifts, but, but I own this gift. And here's why. Because I went to the store, I picked it out, and then I took it and I paid for it. I purchased this gift with my money. I own it because I paid for it. Well, in the same way, Jesus owns peace because he purchased peace. He paid the price and that price was very, very high. Peace with God was broken the moment sin entered the world, when we rejected God and his design and his plan, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and said, God, we want autonomy from you, peace with God was broken. God cannot be in the presence of sin. And that was a problem for us because we are born into sin. And this baby, Jesus, he would come and he would live a life free of sin. He would never once operate in selfish motives. He would never once elevate himself above anyone else. He would live a life perfectly devoted to God and others. And he would die the death that we deserve, that our sin deserves. He's our perfect sacrifice. And he is the one who purchased peace. He is our peace. Isaiah 53 says this, 
says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Jesus's death on the cross purchased peace for us. He can be called the Prince of Peace because he paid the price no one else could pay to make us right with God. Here's the next thing we see about Jesus, which is so cool. It's this. Not only does Jesus own peace, but Jesus makes peace. And church, I would argue that there's a big difference between making peace and keeping peace. And I want to explain it by this way. Um, I have two sons, Bo and Judah. Judah is seven and Bo is nine. And they are great kids and they love each other well. But like any brothers growing up, every once in a while, they get after each other and they get in a fight or they bicker while they are playing. And my wife, who's amazing mom, and had this brilliant idea that when our boys are fighting, here's what she does, right? You have a choice when your kids are fighting. You can either just try to keep the peace and just separate them, let them go play on screens, make them go to their rooms, just, just get them away from each other to keep peace. But my wife doesn't settle for that. She wants to make peace between my sons. So what she does is when our boys are fighting, she has them stop. She has them give each other a hug, even though they don't want to in the moment. And it's a physical reminder that they love each other. And then she has them sing a song together. And the song is very simple. It goes like this. They've got to hug each other and sing best friends forever. And here's what's amazing. Even though three seconds before they were angry at each other, when they hug each other and sing a song together, nine times out of 10, they start giggling and laughing and go back on playing because Mary has parented in a way where it's not just, hey, let's keep the peace by separating, but let's make peace by bringing them together. And church, I would argue we spend a lot of our lives trying to keep the peace rather than make peace right? There's an issue at work or there's a difficult conversation that needs to be had with a coworker that we choose not to have because we don't want the conflict or the tension that conversation will bring about, right? Even at Christmas, right? There are certain topics and conversations that we choose not to engage with with our family because we want to keep the peace. So we distance and we separate and there's certain things we just don't get into, well, making peace is way more difficult and it's a way higher calling. And that's what Jesus did by giving of himself. He's not keeping the peace between us and God. He made peace that we are in right relationship, that God loves us, that we are living in a vibrant relationship with our creator because Jesus makes peace. Ephesians 2, Paul writes about this. It says this, it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. The reason we can celebrate peace this Christmas is we have peace with God because of Jesus's life and death on the cross in our place. Here's the third thing I want to argue tonight. It's this. It's that Jesus is the Prince of Peace because peace without Jesus is always going to be an illusion. 
trying to find peace in life without Jesus is an illusion. The logic here is very simple, church. It's this. If Jesus is the Prince of Peace, if he owns it, and if he's the one who makes peace, then to divorce your life from Jesus, to try to live outside of relationship with him is divorcing yourself from peace. And we're seeing this very thing happen in our day, aren't we? Like, here's what I mean. At the end of the day, you have to make a decision. Here's the thing you have to decide for yourself. No one can decide this for you. Why do you exist? Who do you exist for? Or or maybe a better way to ask it is, who holds your ultimate allegiance? Every one of us needs to answer that question. And in our culture, in a secular humanist culture, we have decided as a culture that we are the highest priority, that we should hold our highest allegiance, that we exist for ourselves. So so we have autonomy. No one can tell us what we can or can't do, that affirming people is the greatest virtue. and, And we've tried to divorce ourselves from our creator. And guess what the rewards of this mentality and mindset has been? In any study you look at, in in anywhere you would look, what we see across our culture is skyrocketing anxiety and depression. And what's heartbreaking is, is this is impacting our kids at the highest, most extreme rates. Here's why. Because we've divorced ourselves from the Prince of Peace. Right, Christianity says that we are not our highest allegiance, but we were created and designed to know, love, and have a vibrant relationship with our creator God. That is possible through faith in Jesus Christ. And when we look to him, when we elevate him, when we worship him, he gives us peace. What is happening in our minds and in our society is not disconnected from the spiritual reality that we were designed for God and peace will only be found in right relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's how I wanna end our time tonight. It's this, it's that Jesus can be called the Prince of Peace because with Jesus, peace is always available Right, I showed you this gift uh, a couple minutes ago, a little bit earlier, and um, here, here's what's amazing uh, about Jesus. So if I were to give this gift away, I wouldn't own it anymore. Someone else would. And, and if I wanted to get this gift back, I would have to go to the store and I would have to buy another gift. Well, that's not the way it works with Jesus. You see, Jesus has a supernatural, never-ending ocean of peace that he gives to his followers freely. Earlier tonight, we watched a testimony of Tim Lopez, a man in our church who faced extremely adverse circumstances health-wise this past year. And he is testimony to the fact that even in the uncertainty and not knowing if he was going to live or die, there was a peace found in Jesus Christ that was unwavering. And he is one of just thousands of testimonies in this church and millions of testimonies in our world that with Jesus, there is a real tangible peace that can't be taken away. In Colossians 3.15, Paul encourages the church, and I want to encourage this you with this right now. Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
You see, Jesus doesn't selfishly hoard peace for himself, but he gives it away freely. And the peace that is found in Christ is knowing that God knows us, that God loves us, that God is in control. And no matter what circumstances we are facing in our lives currently, that God is on the throne, that his plans will not fail. And we are united with him for eternity in Jesus Christ. And as I was writing this message, I was thinking about the four words of Advent. And here's what I found. All of the other three words, hope, love, and joy, they sit on the foundation of peace. If there is not peace between us and God through Jesus Christ, it's impossible to be hopeful, right? Our hope rests in the fact that we have peace with God through Jesus. If we are not in right relationship with God, if Jesus had not made peace, then as we look towards our future eternity, it's really, really scary. It's not hopeful but we have hope that we will be united with Jesus, united with the people we love who are in Christ because we will spend eternity with God because Jesus is our peace. We can love God and God loves us because Jesus paid the penalty and brought us peace with his life and death on the cross. And we have joy knowing that we are in right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And here's what I'm making the argument for. He is the Prince of Peace because he owns peace, because he makes peace, because without Jesus, you will never find peace. Listen, if you reject Jesus as Lord and Messiah, and if you're choosing to live with you as the center of your life, I want you to wrestle with the question, how's that going to end for you? Where is the end of the, the, the street that you're running on? Where's it going to lead? But when we look to Jesus, when we worship him, when we live in the right reality that God is on the throne and Jesus is ruling and reigning in our hearts, we understand our created purpose and we can live with peace. And, and here's what I would say, church. Man, I love you guys and I love this time of year. And my encouragement, my challenge to you is even right now, as you get ready to open gifts and spend time with the people you love, do it with the mentality that the greatest gift we could ever receive has already been given to us. We have peace with Christ. He is our savior. He is our Lord. He is our Prince of Peace. And man, with that, we have a lot to celebrate. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your son. I thank you that in our brokenness, in our rebellion, in our sickness, you brought a healer. You brought a prince who would bring peace. And God, I'm just praying for people in our church right now who are wrestling with anxiety and fear that they would look to you, that your peace would rule and reign in their hearts. And if there's some watching this video who don't know you, who haven't uh, surrendered their life to you, that their hearts would be wrecked with the reality that we need peace and it can only be found in Jesus. You're why we exist. You're why we live. You're why we breathe. You're why we get to celebrate these special and sweet moments with our friends and family this time of year. May you get all of the glory and honor and praise forever. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.